With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome back to the Morning Skate Podcast. Uh, I am Matt Moody. Uh, Just... Tuning in for a second version of the DJ uh, focused uh, team by team previews. So, uh, listen to yesterday's. Uh, if you did not, um, yesterday's pod included Anaheim, Arizona, Boston, and Buffalo. Uh, this will be the next four in alphabetical order, uh, which would be Carolina, Columbus, Calgary, and Chicago. So, uh, tune on, tune in, and uh, we'll see you next week for five more days of four teams per day, followed by the final four teams on the Monday before uh, the regular season starts on Tuesday. So it's coming up. Uh, enjoy the preseason slates, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Let's get into the previews. Hello and welcome back to the PuckLuck.com betting and fantasy team previews for the Calgary Flames. Now, you're probably the Calgary Flames like I did. A, a massive disappointment. A team that in the offseason seemingly made moves to win now um, at the expense of, of course, trading Matt Chuck to the Florida Panthers to acquire Jonathan Huberdeau, to acquire Mackenzie Weger, to keep this team relevant now. They go out and sign Nazem Kadri because they, you know, lost Johnny Gaudreau for nothing in free agency. A lot of moves, a lot of, uh, you know, bitter feelings maybe for fans to go into this season to try to still capture a playoff spot. And they really, at 93 points, maybe weren't as far as we remember. At least I remember this team. It felt like they were nowhere close at any point. 93 points is, you know, pretty decent. And maybe the Slaves team is just being, being a bit undervalued. Um, going into next season. So let me get right into the bets, uh, get right into the you know the whole thing. I have a couple things in mind that we're going to get to at the end, but the projection of 97 points, again, it felt when I read that, I'm like, that is, that's pretty good. This might actually be bettable, you know? You know, I mean, I don't know, and we're going to get to the, what, what, that, what the sports book has in here in a minute, but I think that's A, a little bit high, and as you see from the, our ceiling projection of 102 and our floor of 80, kind of leaving a lot more wiggle room down to the bottom uh, and not as much as a peak uh, output. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of, and there's a lot of ambiguity here. And I think that not only if you just take it, what this team has now, which might not be the final iteration of what flames have an opening night and have, you know, later in the season, but really, really hard to find a cohesive top six, a clear power play one, um, it's, it's kind of a weird team. I, I, we're going to get to it, but I just, I can't put my finger on this team. And at 97 points, 
they're projected on DraftKings Sportsbook for 95 and a half, which shocked me. I mean, it's not that much more than last year. Did they really add anything, though? We'll get to that. But I don't think this team is all that much better in any capacity. I, no big move comes to mind. And while we're projecting them higher than that, it's by such a slim margin. I can't personally do it. Um, I don't think you need to pay into the VIG for what would be just an incredibly small edge, if an edge at all, which, again, in my opinion, I don't think it's really an edge at all. Are you really going to block up money on this team to make the playoffs in the Pacific with the Oilers and the Knights? I'm not. Um, I can't imagine a scenario where you're going to be, you know, oh, I got to you know, lock them up to you know, win the division or, or make them the cup. Like, doesn't feel like an edge. None of this feels good to me. And I still think the Kings, the Kraken, so so good teams. It'd be hard to find the, the easy path for them in that division. Um, when it gets to the player points, there's only one player point I could, or well, his goals actually, for Elias Lindholm at 28 and a half, Elias Lindholm. That's the only thing I could find for a player prop for the season projection. I kind of like the under there, if anything, but I am, under, like, this is not Sutter's team anymore. You know, this is not going to be quite as boring of an offense. And maybe we find uh, some of these younger players getting more time, some of the skilled younger players we're going to talk about. And maybe that'll add a little bit more of an element to a guy like Elias Lindholm. Maybe they can get Jonathan Huberto back a little bit on track. I mean, we were really low on him going into last year at the Morning Skate Podcast, and we couldn't have been low enough. Uh, but, you know, could these guys get back on track? You know, new system, new young player, have a great undercall, I think it's probably fine, but something I'm going insane about. Um, I, I think that's like the closest to the, and I, I really don't think there's anything else here that's going to be all that amazing. Now, the first thing you may notice on this is Dylan Dubé and Jacob Pelletier in the top six with, you know, Linto, Mangiapani, Hubert, and Kadri, and you could really mix and match that up as, as best you want. The third line of uh, Coleman, Backlund, and, and Sharangovich. So, got kind of like a defensive third line, Top six feels a little clunky. How are they going to fit this in exactly? What's the exact unit going to be? Is it Peltier? I'm a little bit higher on Matt Coronado myself. And it got really good finishing ability that would mix in well with a Jonathan Huberto. Top six roles, four players. Now, who it's going to be, I can't tell you for sure. Could they use a guy like Noah Hannafin to go acquire someone to help both of those top six? I think it's possible. Um, the defense is good. The goaltending. Now you're seeing Jake Markstrom and Dan Vladar, who are both on the roster, and that was what they had last year. But Dustin Wolf is knocking at the door, and I think very likely to steal a decent amount of starts. So all of this to say, from the entire video, I have one bet that I am placing. I have one favorite bet, and that is Jacob Markstrom under 29 and a half wins. Vladar's still on this team. He was bad. He might not see a ton of starts. But Dustin Wolf will, I think. I think that, and, and just the, the combined three goalie system, which I think some teams are going to start, you know, exploring a little bit more. I'm pretty confident that Jacob Markstrom would have to be very good to hit that 30 win mark, which the sports books are saying, you know, that's the over under on him is to get the 30 or not. I mean, he'd have to win the majority of the starts. I just don't think he will. And I think Dustin Wolf will very quickly start to take over more and more of this net. And if they you know, do what I think Carolina is going to do, and we're going to talk about on the next video and kind of put three goalies out there decently frequently, I really, really think that 29 and a half is going to be a steal. Um, 
down the line. So that's going to be the one favorite bet for me. And finally, we're going to get to our media member quote. This comes from Brian Pike at Brian and Pike. He's over with uh, Flames Nation. I'll, I'll tag all of it in the post. And he said, I think the model will probably underrate Oliver Shillington. Not the name I expected. I got to tell you, didn't expect it. He makes a good point, though. And, and his point is about how dynamic of a player, uh, how mobile and gifted offensively Shillington is. Does get you know forgot about, mainly because he just wasn't playing enough. Uh, last year to really be remembered and at times when he had a role it seemed like boy this guy could and you watch this guy how was he not out there more i mean i think he got under the you know the wrong side of the and maybe he bounces back in but this is really predicate on what ryan says last and that is the hannafin being traded either before or during the season giving him a bigger offensive opportunity to play with a tanev or a Uyghur or however they want to suit it up the Oliver Shillington is who he thinks to keep an eye on. Not really, I think, overly fantasy relevant yet, but it's someone definitely a pan if it gets traded that will be a bigger role. So keep an eye on it. Um, everything here, like I said, there's one bet I think on this board that I'm taking, and that is Jacob Markstrom under 29 and a half wins. Comment if you find anything. I have a very hard time finding a lot of player props right now, and we might just not get many. So definitely comments on the video. You know, whatever, you know, do all the stuff. I don't really care. Uh, but DM me even. Just let me know. Like, I found this one. What's the model say? I'll pull up any player that you want. And we will see you next for the Carolina Hurricanes. Hello, and welcome back to the PuckLuck.com betting and fantasy team previews for the Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina Hurricanes, back-to-back years winning the Metro. They make it to the... Eastern Conference Finals last year, losing to the Florida Panthers. Um, you know, I think that uh, going into the playoffs, they kind of lost a lot of steam with the Andre Sveshnikov injury. And they win the first round. They beat the Devils, who I myself was a big fan of. Um, and it kind of looked like, man, maybe this team could just be that good, would, even without Sveshnikov. But it didn't quite happen. They lose to the Florida Panthers. Sergei Bobrovsky stands on his head. And this team is, again, for five years in a row, not quite getting over the hump, not getting into the Stanley Cup final, let alone winning it, and back, you know, to the drawing board, making some additions, making some changes. Of course, these last five years of playoffs come after a nine-year playoff drought where it kind of feels like a distant memory now, and this is just a winning culture, a winning team that should be able to continue some of that into the future. So why don't we get right into it by going over our puckluck.com point projection. We have them at 103, which would be a 10-point decrease from last year at 113. Uh, 113 was good for second in the league last year, uh, second to the Boston Bruins, who set a record uh, for the best record in hockey, as I mentioned. Um, this was a team going into the year. I picked to win the Stanley Cup. I picked them to be a President's Trophy winner and just never really got all the way home. Um, like I said, they were close, but close is not going to win you a bet. Um, coming down a little bit this year, it, it's just kind of a bit of the scoring, a bit of the goaltending. Um I think it's kind of feeding into this. And also it's just hard maybe to predict a team to go for over 110 or whatever they have, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, I lean, you know, maybe a touch higher than our model myself. Um, I'll get into some of the reasons, I, you know, we'll, we'll get into everything. I don't really see why the floor is so low. It would be quite a collapse of this team not making it, but we'll get into the lineup and maybe go over some, some you know, worst case scenarios. But I, I think this is very likely a playoff team again, um, going over the, DraftKings Sportsbook odds playoffs is minus a thousand. DraftKings Sportsbook, we have it at minus 260. Not a very good bet. 
uh, division. They've won it back-to-back years. Uh, DraftKings is giving you nothing to bet here at plus 180. Um, and, and then again, the Stanley Cup plus 800. It's just pretty indefensible, in my opinion, to bet that as well. Um, they have it at 109.5 points. I, I got to be on the under a little bit here at not a crazy amount. I think this team is right around there, but you're going to give me under 110. I think I take it, but it's not my favorite bet for this team. So I think if you're only going to bet one thing, this is not it. Uh, I do have a favorite bet again. Um, I have a couple bets in mind, but one that's a favorite. And we're going to get to that. And it will be the last thing I say, uh, but I think I like it better than betting the under on points. Although I do think the under is, like I said, a shade in the right direction. It is defensible to bet, but not anything more than just kind of like a, a fair bet. Um, to the player points, I'm really high on Martin HS overall. I couldn't find him anywhere. I even tried to just search any odds I could find this time, like really try to do a little extra homework. Try to look if I could find some offshore stuff. I found nothing. So again, comment, whatever you got to do, just if you can find it, let me know. Um, I like to bet his over on points if I can find it. Um, he did have Sebastian Ajo. Let me pull that back up again. Uh, points or 36 and a half goal over. Yeah, I definitely am not betting him over on goals. That's pretty uh, high in the sky. Hasn't really been the focal point. Um, I almost like the under a decent bit, but I don't know if I like it enough to bet it. Um, it's probably fine, but the under on that, I don't think I'm touching the point under. I think he could have a lot of assists. Uh, and then other than that, I mean, bunting is a really interesting fantasy play. Uh, I, I, you know, I think he's probably the most interesting guy going as late as possible. And these are kind of the reasons right here as we get to the lineup. If he does slot in with Ajo and Jarvis, as we're projecting, that feels really good. Um, I think, you know, Sveshnikov, Natchos, and Kakademi could stay together, which is what we saw quite a bit last year. Um, Tara Vinen was more up the lineup, but he didn't look great last year. So it could be a bit of a flip between Bunting and Tara Vinen, but we know Bunting can play with top talent. Um, so I really, really like betting on Bunting myself, especially in things like your best block classic, where he also has a pretty good, you know, not the craziest hit numbers, not the craziest block numbers, but he does produce those as well. Uh, I think this, again, is a really good lineup. There's There's some depth to it as well. Um, there could be some prospects that could flutter in, but I think overall, good defensive team. They go out, they pick up Dmitry Orloff, who for some reason is slotted in that third unit, but I, you know, I don't really think that's going to be the case either. I think he'll see a ton of minutes. They didn't pay him seven and a half for nothing. Um, but there's a lot of defensemen, a lot of, a lot of chefs in the kitchen, including, not even on this list, but Tony D'Angelo. So it, it really is quite interesting to figure out this defense, which is going to be the last thing I touch on. I'll get to my favorite bet. We'll get to the goaltending. Freddie Anderson, under 30 and a half wins. Might sound like a broken record. I just gave you Jacob Markstrom under 30 and a half. But Carolina, I like it quite a bit more. Um, I, I would double down on my units for, for Carolina. And I'm going to be putting both of them together on underdog, um, the Markstrom and Anderson unders. The main reason for Carolina, though, is we're already pretty confident they're going to run three goalies. Anderson, Ronta, and uh, Poitier Kochekov. Kochekov is a guy that they literally fired their AHL coach because he didn't want to start him in the AHL in the playoffs. They want this guy to play. So I really think you're going to see a pretty cohesive uh, three goalies getting a pretty regular amount of starts, which would mean that all of them could see around, you know, like maybe even at best Anderson sees 40 starts. He's got to win 31 games. It was 30 and a half, right? I'm not losing my mind. 
30 and a half, right? He has to get, I, I mean, he, I think he'd have to have just an absolutely unbelievable record to hit that over. So I am slamming that under. I think it's a very, very good line. And the strongest one we've seen yet is the under 30 and a half on Freddie Anderson. That's my best bet of any team we've done so far, um, as far as what I, what I have. And last thing we're going to mention, as I kind of hinted at and already gone into a little bit of detail on, but I asked because I couldn't really get a quote for anyone. I think most of the Carolina beat reporters are focused on the football team in North Carolina and not as much on the Hurricanes. Don't blame them. Uh, but from Dylan, he asked me what I thought about the blue line. A lot of guys on the roster could lead to be you know, maybe a trade or what have you. And I think what the most important part of this is, in my estimation, and we talked, I actually, I don't want to misquote, but I think it was Nolt in our Discord. Um, I meant that, but I don't want to be kind of a lot of negatives on the Brent Burns side from all these signings. And you might be thinking, well, if we find a left-hand shot, is it really going to hurt Burns? But adding D'Angelo as well, it, it kind of feels to me like they want to be more defensive-sounded um, overall. And I just think that Burns is not going to see the 20 to 25 minutes we're used to a night from him as last year. I think he's going to kind of start to diminish a little bit more into just an offensive-only player which doesn't mean he's undraftable. It doesn't mean he can't have good upside. Uh, I, I just think it's going to be a little bit less than we're used to with Brent Burns. So that's my biggest takeaway here is to kind of, I'm not going to say fade Brent Burns, but maybe pass him by um, in, in more lobbies than you're used to. Uh, your season-long drafting, he, I think he gets a little bit more of a downgrade than you may be uh, you know, thinking of him as a, you know, a defensive juggernaut over the years. Other than that, I'm pretty pretty firm with, you know, Slavin, Shea, Orlov, Pesci getting a lot of minutes. And that's already four guys. So who else is going to get minutes? Doc probably going to be Chatfield. So how many minutes are there for Burns? That's kind of my point, more or less. Um, maybe when they're losing in games, which won't be as often, he'll see more time. But I, I think as he ages, it's going to be less and less. So I think that's the biggest note here is that Brent Burns might not quite be what he used to be. And it's sad because I've been drafting him in best buck a bit, but I'm kind of starting to fade it now that I've, you know, rethought maybe he'll end up being out there because of the upside we know he has but not my favorite uh play anymore so best bet 30 and a half wins and not because i don't think this team could be good but because i think they'll be running three goalies so i went way over on my time on this one but we will be back next time with uh colorado or columbus or something Hello and welcome back to PuckLock.com betting and fantasy team previews for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets team that finished just one point out of dead last. They were right in the Conor Bernard sweepstakes. They end up getting the third overall selection, but what many would consider the second best prospect in the draft in Adam Fantilli, an elite, elite shooter, um, a guy that I think they're really, really excited about. We talked quite a bit about him um, in some of our previous stuff at the Morning Skate podcast, and he'll be, you know, a guy that we're going to be tracking for years and years to come. The Columbus Blue Jackets, though, have had a few years in a row now where it just really hasn't gone their way. They hit Johnny Gaudreau last offseason coming up 115 points. He was uh, not the same player, uh, not the same skill around him, 74 points last year as I double-checked. And it just never really clicked. You know, they get Patrick Lyonnais. Wierenski goes down with a big injury. And it kind of felt like this team had a bit more meat on the bone than third to last or tied second to last. Um, and and as I'm already mentioning, they, you know, a couple pieces coming in. But let's get into everything. There's really no sense in waiting around here. What could next season look like for the Columbus Blue Jackets? We start with their point projection, which is one of the lowest, 53 points, the lowest so far. And we talked about Arizona and Anaheim. So, uh, not great. 
ceiling of 65 and a floor at 35. Now, I'm definitely going to come in higher than our model's projection myself, which, again, is uh, not saying much at <laughs> 53 points. It's just, you know, uh, what, they had 58 last year, uh, 59. So not much worse than they were last year. In reality, just a few games the other direction. But I think this is very largely goalie-driven. Um, versus Lingitz has been atrocious as of late. I think that there could be a better team there um around him that just hasn't really found its groove they were missing so many you know key pieces last year but i think a, a lot of a lot of the reason for like feeling more confident in the goaltending and feeling more confident in this team was mike babcock and that's gone off the rails early on um in this offseason so it's kind of hard to know if like this defensive structure people were sort of alluding to is going to actually get there um but let's just get right into the DraftKings sportsbook bets the under is is a heavy favorite by the model. Uh, 72 and a half is what they have. We have them much lower than that. I think under 72 and a half is fair, but it's, again, kind of saying like goaltending is bad. Um, I think that, you know, below 60 is kind of that the real floor for them. Um, again, they have goal scoring talent. They have a few defenders who are worth something, but they, you know, goaltending could legit legitimately be the worst in the league and i don't think that's saying uh much like them and the sharks like who are you looking at with worst goaltending um i think where's lincoln's like i'm saying could be a little bit better than previous couple of years but we've learned with goaltenders it's really hard to like you know bounce back from kind of just being terrible we've seen it with jordan bennington in the past a bit of a flash in the pan um so yeah everything else here is priced to oblivion i have absolutely no interest in them to make the playoffs division or stanley cup so i'm really not going to i mean the odds are not even close to what we have and not close to what i have either um so we'll get right into the player point projections a couple of these are findable on your sports books uh, let me pull them back up again so johnny gaudreau is listed at 28 and a half goals ben tilly for 46 and a half over under on points and Lincoln for 20 and a half wins over under um our model likes Fantilli. I think it's fine. I kind of feel like it's one of those things where you go to underdog, you go to prize picks, whatever you use for your season-long uh, betting that isn't just a traditional sports book, and you might just pair them together. We have them projected as top-line players together. It kind of feels like that's the sense in Columbus right now, although we're a little bit before training camp and we don't know with a huge amount of certainty. If Fantilli is on that first line as we're projecting him to be, I like them together to do something. I just don't know if I want to be betting on Goudreau to be the goal scorer there. You know, 28 and a half would be a pretty big improvement from last year. As I mentioned, you know, he had 74 points, 21 of those were goals. And what if it's Line A that's on the other wing? I know there's rumors of Line A being at center. Hard to know. Again, like we don't really know what it's going to look like, and it might just be a wait and see method. I like Fantilli to maybe get over that 46 and a half mark, but I really would rather just pair him with Gaudreau because he's getting there because he's with Gaudreau. I'd like to look if I could find both of them for player points if I'm going to bet either at all. Um, nothing else really comes off the page. Um, let's, let's just get over it. Like, I mean, we're going to talk about Wierenski at, at length at the end here. I think, oh, again, you know, that might be a little bit low. But let's get over to the projected lineup. I, it's a bit of a, you know, you might look at this and say, looks good. You might look at this and say, not even close. Honestly, it's so up for debate that I'm not even going to, you know, your argument is as good as mine. Uh, Gaudreau, Fantilli, Marchenko, Kent Johnson, Jenner, and Laine. Um, the bottom six, again, there's like Rosalvich and stuff that could mix in a little bit more, but we just, again, don't know what this is going to look like. Um, and again, kind of getting back to my point where, you know, is Gaudreau as good of a bet for goals? Like I like the under a bit for goals, but 
I don't think I'm like, I think this Columbus team, it, it's like, it's kind of boom or bust. And it really is going to be the goal scoring from the top line. If Fantelli is just actually going to be, in, you know, if we're thinking that this is a steal at 48, uh, 46 and a half, I think I've said it like 10 times now. But um, like, if that number is not even close, like he smashes 46 and a half with no problem, the guys around him are also probably going to smash their point projections uh, like Goudreau. So I, I'm going to be looking where I can find to pair them two together on a site like Prize Picks. Um, if you find it anywhere else, uh, please let me know. I'd definitely be looking into it. Um, defense is just better. I mean, I'm not the biggest Ivan Provorov fan in the world, but he had some really, really good numbers in the past defensively, and it completely went off the rails. Is the contract great? Not really. Did they give up too much to get him? Probably. But I still think that Ivan Provorov needed a change of scenery, and maybe he could get back to being a pretty good player. It's not like he's, you know, that old. Um, Damian Severson, on the other hand, was a really, really good analytics darling. So that is kind of getting to more of the Zach Wierenski could be a bit better. Um, kind of busy in Columbus right now, as I alluded to, and I don't really need to get into too much of it. So instead of, you know, going around trying to figure out uh, a guy from the media to quote, um, I went to my Discord, asked around a little bit. Someone from the Discord was pretty uh, adamant about Zach Wierenski, and it kind of just built into a conversation in Discord. If you want to get in the Morning Skate Discord and you want to talk about hockey nonstop and literally talk about the player debates, uh, anytime you want to jump in, it's free to join. We you know have bets and whatnot in there as well. Um, a lot of talk about Zach Wierenski kind of potentially being that Eric Carlson from last year, and it makes a lot of sense on paper. You know, you just think like, really bad team, you know, the guy that's going to mix in a lot, be, you know, very offensive in many capacities and just sort of, they could be freewheeling a bit. Um, I could see where that could get there. I'm definitely overdrafting him in best block. Um, and I'm going to be really keying in on him where he's going in a season long formats, because I am a believer in Zach Rensky as that kind of an offensive player. Of course, getting to a 100 point mark would be absolutely unbelievable. But again, I think he's super, super, super intricate for this offense succeeding. So I'll be looking for him as well for point projections if I can find him anywhere. Um, I'm really excited to see what he can do. And definitely, if you want to talk more about Zach Renske, again, join the Discord for you know anything you could want and more for hockey is in there. And a lot of degenerates who would love to nothing, you know, nothing more than to talk about fantasy hockey while we're you know suffering through the, the beginning of football season. So definitely, um, you know this this club. This team, I had them a little bit higher. I'm not going to be betting any of their point totals myself, and I'm going to be betting that over on Fantilli. Um, and I'm going to be looking to pair it with Goudreau or Zach Wierenski if I can find them anywhere. And again, I think that's the best way to bet player points. I haven't really, really said that yet, but since we don't have a lot of media quotes to cover, if you can go to an underdog or a prize picks, etc. Um, if you have any questions about those sites, DM me, whatever. If you can bet players together to fail or succeed that are likely going to be paired together, makes quite a bit of sense. And even if one gets injured and you're like, well, well you know, uh, then that's probably a really good player on the top line getting injured. And now a replacement player that's much worse. So any way you look at it, I think there's upside um, from a unders or over perspective of taking players that are likely going to get lots of minutes together for overs or unders. So a little free advice at the end is there's really not a ton here uh, with not a great team, a team that again is to be on the outside looking in, but getting there and has a lot of promise in the future and a much better defense in front of Elvis versus Lincolns, who we're going to find out if they can do it. So thank you for listening, and we will be back very soon with Dallas. Hello, and welcome back to the PuckLuck.com betting and fantasy team previews for Connor Bedard's. That's right. 
We're talking about the Chicago Blackhawks today, the winners of the Connor Redard sweepstakes. They finished tied for second to last in points last year, the NHL with 59. They were bad. Uh, every capacity, there really wasn't one shining part of this team. I'm shocked, frankly, they even got the 59 points. One of the worst teams in hockey, but I'm sure we're ready to move on if you're in Chicago, if you're a Blackhawks fan. And let's start talking about the future, which is bright. With the best prospect coming to the league since Connor McDavid, I think the sky is the limit on Connor Bedard. I'm a huge, huge fan. And most of the questions I got about preseason stuff, like what are we doing? What's up with Connor Bedard? What can we expect in year one from a generational talent, from one of the top players, you know, right off the cuff? And this guy's going to come into the league and be a force to be reckoned with. So let's get right into it. No sense in waiting around too long. Chicago Blackhawks season preview for the 2023-2024 season. Puckpluck.com projects them for 68 points. That would be an improvement from last year. I think a, a sizable one, all considered. You are definitely brought in more talent around the whole roster. It's not just Connor Bedard. This team is going to have a bit of a facelift overall. We're going to get into all the pieces. But what I think is the most important part about this team is that the floor is still unbelievably low just because of how bad they are defensively and in net. And while they picked up some, you know, pieces that are, you know, should help, I wouldn't get, you know, too overexcited in year one. We've seen it with Crosby. We've seen it with McDavid. These teams take some time to get over the hump, get over that X level, build some chemistry with, uh, you know, some top line players and, and get more talent in there, which they still desperately need. This was a dynasty for a while that didn't get build a very good prospect pool until recently. So it might take a little bit longer than you may want in Chicago, but Let's take the course and let's get over to the DraftKings Sportsbook odds for the Blackhawks. Plus 800 to make the playoffs over at DraftKings Sportsbook. 71 and a half is their over under on points. I don't like either of those at all. Um, I think the playoffs is much, much worse than taking the over or under on their regular season points. It is an incredibly small shade towards the under for our model, which has them again at 68, so 71 and a half. Are you really going to lock up a ton of money the entire NHL season? What I think is a fringe at best, probably not. So I don't like anything here. We have them projected at 19 and a half to one for the division. 13 to one is what you're getting on DraftKings Sportsbook. And the Stanley Cup is a little bit closer. You know, they have that 20 to one to win the cup, 21 or 20 to one to win the cup at DraftKings. And PuckLock.com has them at 21 to one. So close. But again, you know, just get a life. Don't bet that. You don't have to. No one's going to make you. But what is Connor Bedard projected for? 69. Very nice points is what we have Connor Bedard projected at with a ceiling of 91. And that's really why I'm totally fine with putting my best bet on this team. As the Connor Bedard over on points, 30 and a half goals is a lot. I kind of just would rather put the points when you're kind of getting the same odds, I believe, on both of them. He profiles to be one of the best rate shooting prospects we've ever seen. He certainly could put up over 30 goals in his first rookie, in his rookie season. I, I buy that. I just think that there's still a lot of talent he's going to play with, and there's some good finishing ability around him that I'm, you know, I'm fine with taking the maybe a little bit uh, easier approach, if you will, the, the safer side of it with over 69 and a half points. Um, not my favorite bet in the world. It's not my favorite bet that we've talked about so far, but I think it's a bet nonetheless. Uh, other than that, a lot of middling players here that, you know, kind of all boomer bust. So I get right into the roster. 
And really why they're all sort of middling is like, we don't know exactly who's going to be with Bedard, but I'm very confident Taylor Hall will be a piece of that puzzle with Connor Bedard. Other guy in, make an argument for a few. A lot of people think, would I, I think Lucas Reichel is like the odds-on, like favorite other guy to go with Bedard and Taylor Hall, but they may, as we're projecting, have him at the second line center because he is, I think, maybe that talented Lucas Reichel that he can start to carry another line. Um, I would love to see Donato. I'd love to see Kurashev, but we would, you know, Tyler Johnson is going to be there for now. Again, guys that have some level of, you know, finishing ability, a decent, great shooting profile in general. So you're kind of, you know, again, putting Bedard with players that can play hockey, that can finish, that can skate and play with him um, in Taylor Hall and, you know, one other guy to fill in. They also picked up Nick Foligno, Corey Perry, who really cares. This guy sucked now. And finally, we get to defense, which is, you know, we didn't get a, I didn't get a quote for this. I just went to at fake moods, Matt Moody. And Matt was really high on Kevin Gorczynski. I'm really high on Kevin Gorczynski. I think he is going to start to take over that first power play. It's not someone I think you're drafting in best puck or any, you know, best ball format. But it definitely is a guy, especially in your deeper fantasy leagues, in yours, you know, starting a new dynasty league. I would keep an eye on Kevin Gorczynski. He profiles pretty well to be an offensive weapon. I think he's much better at running a first power play than Seth Jones, um, especially in the future, if not by the end of the season. So he will get time with Connor Bedard. And as Connor Bedard gets better and better, he will be bringing a defenseman with him. And I think it's Kevin Korczynski, who is just much better than Vlasic, Murphy, uh, Zaitsev, and Tirodano. It's just not even going to be that close. So I think the minutes will continue to go up over time. For a guy like Amuchinski, he's a guy that I would, again, keep an eye, put him on your radar, and, and uh, definitely consider your deeper drafts. Uh, goaltending is a disaster, so I'm going to keep that in there because I like this take. God bless you. Thank you. Um, I, I think this Blackhawks team is improved, but bad, and I'm not going to be betting on anything over on this Blackhawks team. I would take the over on Bedard for points. Um, the only other bet for player props, I might as well mention it, is Morazic, where I said is terrible. It's 14 and a half wins. I don't freaking know. I'd rather bet that over and take their point prop, to be frank. Uh, I don't really know who else could mix in there for for, for starts. Uh, you know, Soderblom is not really all that highly touted, but again, I think you could just, you know, be better off avoiding terrible hockey teams being uh, better than being terrible. So Connor Bedard over 69 and a half. Why not? I'll throw it into the mix. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next time very soon. We're just going to keep rattling these off day by day. So we'll talk to you soon.